Darkness right in front of me, oh, it's calling out and I won't walk away. I would always open up the door, always looking out behind the walls. Wanna see it all get more. Gary and Shannon on a uh, Wednesday, January 17th. Dr. Wendy's going to join us about 1.30. We're going to talk more about uh, the mentality behind what we have seen. The biggest story out of Southern California this week, the 13 captive siblings in Paris. David and Louise Turpin, the parents, arrested on Sunday after one of those kids escaped through a window with a cell phone she had stolen from inside. She called 911. It was actually... A cell phone that was no longer in use, but you can still call 911 from those. Uh, that's one of those tricks that they say to do for, like, uh, earthquake preparedness. You know, your old cell phones, stash them, one in the garage, one in uh, the other room there. So if you're trapped or, or whatever, you can call for help on those old cell phones. But it looks like this couple uh, could face charges that include torture and child endangerment. Uh, court appearance scheduled for Thursday. And as everyone has seen those those pictures from their Facebook page at the renewal of the vows at the Vegas Elvis Chapel, you look like you're looking at a group of kids that are all about the same age, right? Maybe uh, 11, 12 years old. Well, half of them, more than half of them, are 18 to 29. Yeah, which has surprised not only the deputies that first walked in there, but also the hospital staff that has been taking care of them, saying... These kids do not look like they're 27, 28, 29 years old in some cases. The question that we keep asking, and there has not been a, uh, what's the word? There's not been a uh, satisfying answer is, how in the world does this go on for this long and nobody drops a dime on them? Nobody calls Child Protective Services or the police or Sheriff's Department and says, Something very weird is going on with this family. And it doesn't even have to be the neighbors. The other family members. Two of the sisters of the mom have done interviews. I'm going to play for you the one we didn't hear from. We'll play uh, her creepy shower thing in just a second. But Teresa Robinette is one of the moms, is the mom's, one of mom's sisters. How's that? And she says that. She doesn't understand the mentality that went into keeping your kids captive, it looks like, that they've been doing for years. I've never felt such a different mixture of emotions. Like, I seriously am so heartbroken for my nieces and nephews, and at the same time, I can't even say the words to you that I would like to say to her. I'm so angry inside. I'm mad. I'm hurt. Um, You know, our life wasn't perfect growing up, but... She didn't live like, like that. This. And neither yeah. did David. David, I knew his parents. He was raised in a very wealthy home church. As a matter of fact, my dad was a preacher at one time when I was very little. And he, they weren't raised like that. You know, I don't know where it came from. I feel like it's a bad dream. She said that she made comments to Louise when she did talk to her seldom times. And she would say to her about the kids, gosh, they're so skinny. And that Louise would laugh it off. Well, David's so tall and lanky, they're going to be like him. (laughs) The other aunt has a story that she tells. 
she says, well, she hasn't really kept in contact. I mean, she's tried to, but, uh, you know, I haven't been able to see the kids for a very long time. I've spoken to them for, what, 19 years or something like that. She goes, well, I did live with them for a couple months when I was in college. And the, the guy, the, uh, my sister's husband, he made me feel uncomfortable. Well, like, if I went to get in the shower, he would come in there while I was in there and watch me. And it was like a joke. He never touched me or anything, but. Did you say anything to anybody about his his actions? No, I was young. I was scared. I was in Texas where I knew nobody, had no family. Um, I was treated like one of the kids, kind of, so I had rules. I know, probably looking back, but, you know. Well, I'd now say, that I'm an adult yeah, and yeah. I look back, I see things that I didn't see then. Sure. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, this this was a guy that was looking at you in the shower. You ever had male roommates? Yes. Anybody ever jokingly just sit in the bathroom while you were taking a shower? No. No. Your face got really serious. Well, because how is that in any way a joke? I don't understand why she would have classified it that no. way. No. Okay, so how... The, the the mental gymnastics that these people had to go through. I'm not blaming Teresa Robinette or Elizabeth Jane Flores. I mean, the blame squarely rests on the shoulders of David and Louise Turpin. Yes. That being said, the the mental gymnastics that you have to go through to convince yourself that this is okay. I, I mean, another example, and we pointed this out yesterday. The neighbor. No, no, I was going to oh. say the parents. So Elizabeth... Jane Flores says that her and Louise and Elizabeth's parents, their mom and dad, all these kids' grandparents, would fly to Southern California. They'd get all the way out here. I don't know where they came in, LAX, Ontario, doesn't matter. They'd come all the way out here and ask to see the grandkids, and David and Louise would not give them their address. How that is not... That wouldn't make that, you want to call the cops. Uh, yeah, it would. No, it wouldn't. You would just think, oh, my kids don't love me anymore or something. Or, you know, I don't think you would You would necessarily think of anything nefarious. I mean, families, this happens. Your family is so normal. Families will, the people in families will go years without talking to each other. I mean, it happens a lot. Yeah, but it's usually because of something that goes on. It's not just a know. thing. It's not just, if, if. If mom and dad, if uh, grandma and grandpa, I'll use that. If grandma and grandpa come all the way out to California, they're not allowed to see their kids. I, I actually cry. have a friend who that happened to. Her uh, her sibling lives on the East Coast, and the mom went out there, and he didn't want anything to do with her. Different. Different. Because kids weren't involved. Yes, they were. There were grandchildren. So that, so she wanted yeah, to go I mean, see this, You don't understand. Family dynamics are so weird. People do stupid stuff. They ostracize uh, certain people from their families. People grow up and they have these um, reservations about their parents and they don't want their parents to have anything to do with their kids. And people get really weird and they go through decades sometimes of not talking to each other or periods of years. The, the neighbor is the one that... I think we have a bigger problem with because he had a front seat to what was going on in that house. And he talked to the New York Post yesterday about it, about what he observed in this house when they lived in Murrieta. Oh, we'll talk about that when we come back and why this is another one of those things where 
we keep seeing red flag after red flag, but nobody wants to say, hey, that's a red flag. Ooh, and money. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, and your chance at 1,000 big ones. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. Makes me want to go all rear window with my neighbors. What's going on in those houses? Uh-huh. I've got one house on my block where I want to know what goes on in there. The curtains are always drawn. There's a lot of bicycles in the back. I feel like it's maybe one of those homes where, like, adults live after a halfway house or something. Big bikes? Little bikes? Big bikes. Like adult bikes. Different cars and stuff going to and fro. And the guy that the, – the one car, the constant car that parks in the drive is a nice car. It's like an Infinity or something. So I think that maybe he gets money from the state for, like, housing people. I don't know. Oh. I've just I've just worked up a big Boo Radley thing going on, you know? <laughs> Thank you for that <laughs> reference, by the way. You're welcome. You know I'm in the middle of To Kill a Mockingbird, so I get it. Uh, Lawanda writes and says, you're starting to sound silly. OMG, call the police because those kids are skinny. They're walking around the yard at night. They don't speak or they speak at the same time. It's all a red flag. No, 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 it wasn't it that, it it, wasn't that they, they were walking around the park or the, the, the yard at night. It no, was, no. They were like marching in formation. Yeah, and that's the part, the neighbor that we were going <laughs> to that we were gonna explain. The neighbor says that when they were living in Marietta, they were upstairs in the house marching in formation back and, cro- back and forth across the house. That's weird. And, and not at 10 o'clock at night, like, all right, everybody in line, it's bedtime. It was like between the hours of midnight and three in the morning. Yeah. Like if I looked across the street and I saw a bunch of kids marching in the middle of the night, one time, like you said, one time, it'd one be time, like, yeah, okay, what's going on there? Whatever. Not my business. But if it happened repeatedly, it might be worth a phone call. Well, I look back at my experience, and I'm not saying that mine is the experience that every parent has or every normal, you know, every family has. But the times that my kids have been up at that hour is because number one, they have barfed all over themselves or the bed. Mm. Uh, they had to go to the bathroom, and they couldn't do it by themselves. Or we were up early to leave the house for vacation or something like that. They didn't get up and play. They didn't stay up late at night. They didn't and certainly didn't do calisthenics at 2.45 in the morning. So the one time it happens, yeah, you kind of brush it off. You blow it off and you go, that's no big deal. But if you're also seeing that the kids look different, they look emaciated, they act differently, you never really see them outside. Or is it just playing with other kids? Are they kids just weird because it's a big family? You know, you can explain away a lot of it. You can explain away a lot of it. But that you mean... To yourself? Yeah. Because that's mean, what I'm, I'm talking neighbor, about. If the, I'm a neighbor, the, the, the neighbors that they've spoken to and the neighbor said, yeah, we'd only see three or four of them at a time. They were kind of weird. They were kind of monotony. They would, you know, uh, they'd answer at the same time or they didn't they didn't respond to questions. You can kind of explain that away. Oh, it's, it's just a big family. Kids are just a little off. 
you don't your mind doesn't go right away to well those kids must be chained up in that house yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody would have seen that they were shackled. Yeah. That, that was a twist to this whole thing that, that no one would have ever had the ability to see. But how it, how it comes out that you've got 13, ki- 13 siblings in there. I shouldn't – got to stop saying kids all the time. 13 siblings in there. Seven of them are adult children of this couple. Obviously, some of them have been driving. There's three or four cars in the driveway. I want to know about the hold that this dad or these parents have over the kids and what it was like to to be raised in that house. And and we'll know. It'll be on the cover of People magazine probably in two months or so. You know, what it was like inside the house. One of the kids will be speaking, doing a big interview about that. But I, I feel like something, you know, yesterday we were talking about, well, what happened? Here they are at Disneyland. Here they are at Disneyland again. Here they are at this vow renewal ceremony at this bizarre Elvis chapel in vegas um we don't know that they were totally happy kids in those pictures just because they were at disneyland and they're smiling in the video at the elvis chapel doesn't mean they were well-adjusted kids and then something happened and now they're getting chained up they could have been chained up their whole lives i'm i'm very curious to see what kind of conditions they're being kept in right now in the hospitals i know that the the adult children are in one hospital the minor kids are in another hospital and they are being kept Together, or kept is not the right word, find something else. They're they're being taken care of together. And in fact, they're in a guarded area, so you don't have a bunch of people going in and gawking at them. Or I wonder if that was by design. Keep all the older kids together, keep all the younger kids together. I mean, what's the protocol for finding 13 kids in a house from the ages of 2 to 29 and yeah, how you break not. that down and unpack that? And then there's two different agencies that take care of them. I mean, I mean the, the adults are, can be offered services, but they, you know, unless they show that they cannot take care of themselves, they're kind of on their own. I mean, the county can obviously offer things to them. Yeah. And other organizations come forward, can come forward and offer to help them readjust into society but i mean we'll talk with dr wendy in just a few minutes about this you're if if you're 29 years old you've grown up in this your entire life you've got at least 29 years of deprogramming i think that you'd have to go through constant yes rehabilitation whether it's physical in some cases mental in other cases you, you do not function in everyday society if you just are let go i started reading the jc dugard book her book that she wrote, and I couldn't finish it. I couldn't even get halfway through. She started talking about this and what a struggle it is every day to deprogram and all that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I could the, even read half of the book. The, it was so excruciating. The three women from Cleveland that they yeah. were in that guy's house for so long. And the six-year-old who was the child of one of those by this guy. How does that kid – where do you go? You don't just move to downtown Cleveland and pick up where you left off. We're going to be talking to Dr. Wendy about why David and Louise may have held their children captive. And, you know, when I'm just thinking about that, I'm thinking about the piece of information we learned about how he married her. She left home when she was 16 and got married to this guy. So was she one of the kids that was programmed? Does he have a hold on her since she's he's known her before she was 16, right? Yeah, I mean, he's she's been under his uh, maybe his control for all this time. Well, we'll continue again. Dr. Wendy's going to join us. We're going to get a little bit at least into why it is that they may have been holding their kids captive. What kind of mentality goes into that? Gary and Shannon, we'll continue. The doctor is in with Dr. Wendy Walsh. 
<laughs> this is not the music for up. this story. Well, the way he says it, Wendy Walsh. <laughs> Who is he? I don't know. Oh, no, we've met him. He's a nice guy. This is not the story, the music to go with this story. Today. No, we need like no. horror music. House of Horrors. Good Lord. Yeah. Talk to us about this family of 15 and what possibly, obviously, this is all speculation at this point. We just don't have all of the answers about this couple and if it was both of them controlling their children, torturing them, chaining them up. If it was just the father, don't know. We do know, like I said before the break, that she married him when she was six. She left home to marry him when she was 16. So. And had one of the babies two years before they got married. They got married when she was 22. But if you do the math, they were married 27 years. One baby is 29. Hmm. And I say baby because they were so malnourished that even the one that was almost (laughs) middle-aged looked like a child. When you see a story like that, outside of the, the... You know, the mom part of Wendy where, you you know, right. you think about how could you possibly do this to kids? No, I love does, to analyze this stuff. So do, does that what do you jump so into that right away? The first thing I want to say that's news you can use for everybody is that, you know, there are two kinds of extremes in families, one that's too open and too closed. And then there's a big gray area in between. So the family of origin that I was raised in was on the open side. At any given night, you wouldn't know who everyone was welcome to dinner. And it was like in a loving kind of thing. My parents would go to church on Sunday and whatever person they picked up or would have the priest invite him for Sunday dinner. There was always people. If you went on some college exchange program, you'd bring home a bunch of students and they were there for a month. You know, we kind of had an open family, but we still had some semblance of structure. Now, then there's the other extreme of families that are too close. Now, there are some families that just are naturally a little bit private. They don't want people in their business and they, their rules, it's their way or the highway, and they run a tight ship within their walls, but they're not abusive. So then you see the extremes. And the far extreme, of course, in the open family is there's just too many, uh, maybe a revolving door of parental figures, too loosey-goosey on the boundaries with teenagers who are having anybody sleep over, you know, et cetera. And there's where an open family goes awry. Then on the closed side, we see the most extreme example over here where it's almost cultish, right? And the way what's interesting is, you know, one of the things malnourishment does to children besides saving the parents money on food is it keeps them small, physically small, so controllable. It also affects their brain development in a very negative way, again, making them more controllable. I am most, of all the people I'm most interested in learning about is a 17-year-old daughter. The one who was able to escape on Sunday morning and call 911. Because how did she know when you're in such a closed system for your entire life, that's your normal? And how did she know that this was abuse? I'm pretty sure that these kids didn't get to see a lot of media. Oh, there was there were already reports that they didn't have TV or they were not allowed to watch TV. I should say that right. now. Obviously, they had some access in the house to in, to the internet because the parents had a Facebook page. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if it was recent, but I mean, it was last updated a couple of years ago. But a couple that's of years ago, and it probably had a password on it that only the parents could use. My right. money, posting. my money is on the seventeen-year-old getting into the computer or into a phone or something. And maybe and figured talking out like to somebody. there's something wrong with the system. Yeah. The other thing that happens is the youngest was two. 
So what happens when, and this happens sometimes with parents who may have had traumatic childhoods, when their babies are born, as the babies hit certain ages, the bodies of the parents remember. And that's why new parents often fight so much because they're both speaking for that baby who they believe is, you know, when the baby cries, they're thinking it's the trauma they went through. So I see the 17-year-old girl and I think she's probably looking at that two-year-old or what's the next one up? I didn't see three, four, five, I don't know. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, little ones and seeing the abuse and her body's remembering the pain from that. And maybe that was the thing that made her strong enough to reach out. Because did you see the movie Room? Yes. Right. Like when you've only been raised and that little boy didn't even know that there was a sky out there or people or cars or anything. And when they've been kept this sheltered now, mind you, they managed to trail them all to Vegas every once in a while to redo their vows. And Disneyland. And Disneyland. So they have seen the world a little bit, but they obviously to keep though that large group of kids dressed identically and so compliant. That's why I think there it was like to, a, a contr- mind control yeah, thing. And, and also there had to have been so much physical abuse to make that happen. They had to fear yeah. in order to be compliant. Did it, did it necessarily have to come to physical abuse, though? Or, or I mean, if, you, if you're training the children from the very beginning about who is the authority figure and you'll do what I say, you don't even necessarily need to beat them into submission. I mean, for lack no. of a better term. But. Yes, you do. Kids are, <laughs> kids grow. They're like wild vines and flowers and they sprout in all kinds of interesting ways and they try new words and they try new stuff. And I'm not saying that the only way to shape child behavior is to beat them. You've already, this yeah, degree already of, done the spanking yeah, thing. This degree of compliance, you don't get just by saying, you be good. I'm in charge now. Okay. Oh. John said something yesterday I want to ask you about when we come back, because so far there has been no evidence of uh, sexual abuse. But I was listening to John and Ken on the way home, and he was saying that, you know, you don't have to see sexual behavior to feel those urges, you know, as you're growing up. And he was wondering about the boys in the house. And, you know, we're we're here today that the boys were older. I mean, some of a couple of them in their 20s. And when boys get to be a certain age, the urges are there. And what happens to those if you're not socialized, if you are just, I don't know, in a house with all your sisters? Remember the Dugers? Yeah. Remember the older brother fondling his little sisters? I wanted to find out what your thoughts are on that when we come back. Gary Channon will continue. Dr. Wendy has joined us. We'll continue. Gary and Shannon. Dr. Wendy Walsh has joined us. We're talking about sort of a a, a therapist's view of what we have seen out of the David and Louise Turpin case in uh, San Bernardino County, sorry, Riverside County, where they had 13 of their kids, seven of them adult-aged children. I don't know, that's even the the right term for it. Yeah, I don't know if you can call them just adults when they're 29 years old. That's practically middle age. I yeah. mean. Um, anyway, and, just just this issue of what goes on. Well, one question I had was we've we played some of the sound from Louise's sisters, who for a long time had been shut out of her life, and had begged in one case, said that they had begged to talk to some of their kids to meet their nieces and nephews, and were not allowed to. And I we had this discussion. Really. Every family's different and they're weird Mm -hmm. and not weird and open and not open and but to me that's a 
that's weird enough that's that a big even, red if flag. I, even if I bring that up to, to friends or whatever and, and I say, oh, you guys know my sister doesn't allow me to talk to my nieces and nephews and to see their faces do what your face just did, yeah. I'd say, oh, maybe that is weird. Well, here's how they might have rationalized it to the sister. I, I mean, I'm trying to figure out why she didn't take it as a red flag. They could have said something like, you know, God has said that we must keep our family sacred and we don't believe in the morality of your family. And then the next thing you know, the sister's on the defensive. Well, what do you mean you don't believe in the morality? And they get into a fight and all of a sudden the distraction happens and it's not about whether the kids are safe or not. Right. So, you know, families do that. And this particular family, you know, I don't, obviously, I can't assess the parents but there was something on with the mental health. And I would say it comes from the father because of the age difference. Now, it was only eight years difference, but they've been together since she was 16 and he was 24. He has enough high-functioning habits that he's been able to hold down a pretty serious career as an engineer. Was it at Northrop Grumman yeah. or something? Yeah, like pretty serious. Um, but, you know, there are plenty of non-neurotypical engineers with all due respect to all engineers. And they're fantastic uh, and they're at fantastic their jobs people. because of that. Right, exactly. Um, and so it's not like any co-workers might suspect anything because there are lots of engineers walking around not warm and fuzzy and not disclosing things about their home life. That's just sort of... And they're killing it at their job. Exactly. So uh, I, I just, I'm fascinated to see the recovery of these children and adults especially the older ones who lived in this trauma for their whole lives and had the physiological brain development during extreme malnutrition. If, if authorities thought that people in their 20s were children who were 10 or 11, you know not only was their growth severely stunted, but their brain development as well. Because of the malnutrition. Yeah. And they have some of them in hospital now on intravenous and slow feeding because they'll get sick if you just give them too much food right now and they probably can't handle much well shannon mentioned this before the break we were talking about the the, the issues of the urges that the boys the must feel at there's, certain ages there's uh-huh. three boys uh and i think all of Wait, them out are of the in 13 their... there's only three boys yeah, yeah. interesting huh and yeah. i think all three of them are in their 20s so they're of Ooh. the they're of the older variety i mean when you look at the group uh, the 13 of them Ooh. uh and John kind of played on this. Again, no evidence, according to the authorities in their news conference yesterday, no no evidence of sexual abuse. Uh, although there are – because there have been questions about who's the father of the two-year-old or who's – more importantly, who's the mother of the two-year-old in this oh, case. Oh, which oh. Is, Wait, how old's mom? Are they 47? She's in her 40s now. 49. She's yeah. 49. So the last baby had to come out at what, when she 47, was 47. 46, 47, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which the is plot a, thickens. It's, it's possible. It's on the – it's on the outer edges of of viability, Way but it's possible. Edges. Yeah. Um, but if you've got these kids who they are not exposed to the world, they're not exposed to what this family might consider. And they get natural things. urges when Mother Nature tells them to have natural urges, and there's no recipient it, around except a sister. It wouldn't be a surprise if would there not was some be amount a of surprise this. of that there was incest going on. And would, also, can we just talk about the fact that when you're experiencing trauma um sex and closeness is one of the most calming things that humans do well and that just adds a layer to whatever recovery would be i mean if if you if the oldest is 29 i would imagine that you've just got a plan for 
the rest of that person's life, they're in and some amount of therapy. I know it's hard to rationalize the irrational, but what were these people thinking? That their children would stay young forever and they could control them forever? Like, what was their game plan Wait a minute. 10 years out? To me, the Disney thing is plays into that mentality. Yes, they, I do believe they did. Yeah. They wanted to be in that fantasy land. I love Disneyland. I've been there many times. I take my kids there. But I don't believe that my kids are going to stay kids for the rest of their lives. I do think that there is something to that part of it. Yeah. They were really missing the piece of understanding that if you do your job well as a parent, you work yourself out of a job. But they did the opposite. Their parenting job grew bigger and bigger and bigger as they grew the brood. And they did everything they could to not let anybody grow up and leave them. That's severe abandonment issues right there. And what about the mentality that two people can do this? I mean, that, that, that two people... Well, again, she was practically a child herself. Her brain... Not, the prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, and that's your executive function decision-making until you're like 25. I often say you shouldn't be allowed to make any decision except maybe ordering from a rem- menu until you're 25. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and so she was half-child herself when he came along. He was 30, so he led the way, and now she's in it, being raised by him as well. Ugh. Well, we'll. I assume we'll find out more oh, tomorrow. Is, more. is when mom and dad are supposed to be in court, uh, and that's usually when we get some sort of a document dump of some kind and get some information from search warrants, from uh, charging documents, and things like that. So, well, thank you. Oh, sad, sad story. Yes, my heart breaks for those kids. John, hi. Hello, hello, John. I was fantasizing today about starting my own cult. Oh, I think I understand how to do it. Okay. Like intellectually, I know. I think you already have a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we do. Like you have people with heads on sticks in big crowds. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Uh, You know, lake of fire, (laughs) throwing people into a dumpster. Like I think you've reached cult status with the show. Yeah, yeah. No, I want something that works for me personally, though. However, intellectually, you know it. But morally, I don't think you could do it. I think he could. <laughs> I've spent more time with him. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> when, when I'm when I'm up for death row, I want you to be a character witness for me. <laughs> no, I think you ought to fry. All right, well, thank you. What, what are you guys doing today? Huh? Well, a lot on that because uh, these kind of cases really fascinate me. I know. I mean, and anything that has really bizarre, deep mental illness. I, I I can't get enough of. And that so many people saw at least slivers of it, but could yeah, never put the bit, puzzle together. It's because to... they're only slow. Well, most people are, are really meek and cowardly. Yeah. They're afraid to do anything because what if they're wrong? That's That permeates like too much of the culture. Well, I don't want to judge. Hey, judge. <laughs> you were given you were given judgment as part of the package. So uh, when, package. when something makes you feel queasy, there's a reason it makes you feel queasy. I agree. All right. So All right. that's what's coming up. John and Ken up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. That's it. That's it. That is it. Gary and Shannon.